Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods, moving, and storage studios. It's the Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey personality, number one best-selling author, co-host of the brand new, wildly popular Smart Money Happy Hour with George Camel on Ramsey Networks. It's a big-time podcast. Be sure and check it out. Hey, we're here to help you. The phone number is 888-825-5225. Diana is in San Jose. Hi, Diana. What's up? Hi, Dave. Hi, Rachel. How are you doing? Great. How can we help? Quick question for you. Um, I want to work towards becoming a stay-at-home mom in about two to three years. And I wanted to ask if you think I can afford it and if it's a good idea. Okay, so what what do you guys make now with both your incomes? So my income is about I'm a little shy of about a million dollars a year. A million? My husband, one million, right? And my husband's about one fifty. Oh wow! What do you do? I'm vice president for a major corporation. Mm. How old are your kids? Kids are nine and eleven, nine. and my goal is to try to be home for them during their teen years. Yeah. No, that's why I'm aiming for two to three years. Yeah. Gulp. Yeah, and I'm wow. the breadwinner, as you can see. I mean, so, you know, you tell me you're making fifty grand. We can have one discussion. When you tell me you're making a million, gulp. Yeah, but still possible, you Diana. <laughs> you can do we it. It's just a figure this out. And it's just a, yeah. It's, I, a, it's just a lot. It's I mean, honestly, what it's it a is, decision. It, but, it's a decision. I mean, wow, it's a lifestyle a shift, and that's it. But I think. As a mom with three little ones, I'm like, I get it. I mean, being home, I think, is, um, and especially if that's where your your heart is being pulled, it's going to continue to feel that way. And where are you guys at financially, Diane? I mean, obviously, you're doing fine with income, but like with uh, debt, house, retirement, all of that, where are you guys at? So on the house, we owe about $650,000. Okay. Um, On retirement, I have about little north of two million and then in terms of investments and cash about 1.2 okay okay so if you paid off the house today what would be the problem with that i could do that yeah you could all right and then Mm -hmm. we just pile up cash and how big a pile of cash do you want to have before you live on 150 yeah what's the track he's on is i mean three years from now what will he be making probably 175 yeah i'd say in san jose whoo yeah cost of living but you can do that i mean you can do it and you're going to have a net worth of three or four million dollars at that point mm-hmm. how old are you 48 well done great Very job. well done yeah i think you just say i'm gonna you know we're gonna have this pile of cash and we're going to set up our lifestyle with no mortgage mm-hmm. in such a way that we live on 175 without draining down the net worth. And I would start practicing, Diana, because honestly, the shift, not just lifestyle wise, but even just mentally seeing certain numbers in the account that would hit on the 1st and the 15th with your paychecks that aren't going to be there. I think there's practice se- living on yeah, his practice income. Practice living on that for like six months. And well, I, I would actually pay off your house today. And start living on mm-hmm. his income as practice. Start practicing that now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But with no mortgage. 
Right. Yeah. Right. Just yeah. taxes. Yeah. If you pay off the house today mm-hmm. and you just say, we're going to set up a budget on 150 and we're going to live on that, everything else is paid for. And we're not going to deplete the balance sheet to maintain a lifestyle right, that our yeah. income no longer supports after you quit. Yep. And then, yeah, you just make yep. that make that decision. Um, and here's mm-hmm. the deal, too, Diana. I don't know how you feel about this because I even pulled back from work after my third. You know, even with travel and stuff. I mean, there was there was a season there, and still a little bit in it, where I'm like. When I can be home at certain times, I'm going to be. And so that was a shift I made in my career about two and a half years ago. And as high functioning as you are, which is way beyond me, <laughs> what you're doing, but there, there, you obviously have something in your personality and your passions and that you're really good. You have a skill set that you're used to using 40, 50, 60 hours a week, however much you're working right now. And to go from that to zero is going to be a shift. Not that it's a wrong shift and you may love it, but you may even look up to Diana in three years. And when the kids are in school all day, you may be like, hmm, I wonder if there's like a thing I can do for a little bit, you know, each week. And and I kind of do something here again, not for the money, but simply for your skill set that could still bring in money. So I'm saying all that to say you guys aren't going to be at 175 forever and ever. Amen. Uh, you may mm-hmm. be if you decide this is I just want to be the. I mean, if you quit in three years, in five years after that, you're probably uh, got your kids graduating. Right. Yeah. Eight years from now. So, so that, yeah, so that gotta, lifestyle. I, shift. I would think about how I'm going to plug back in. You may w- never want to plug back in at the level you are now, but Rachel's right. You don't want to get just. Um, uh, I don't know personality whiplash i don't know what do you call it but <laughs> yeah and you may you know. and again you may transition into that and you're like dang this is what i've been missing and i love it and i'm so present and that's and that's awesome but i just wonder you because you are a high functioning individual to get to the level you are i wouldn't be shocked that you know that you want in three plug four years yeah so. that you're like huh i wonder if there's something else here i have ideas with or i i want to use that skill set of myself again so that's that's all I'm saying because I don't think you'll stay at 175 forever either. Yeah, so and, and you know the the other thing is if you want to go back to this world a decade from now, um, mm-hmm. you know, leave, figure out a way to leave yourself, leave your, uh, you know, the camel's nose under the tent, leave yourself an on ramp without, I mean, without <laughs> jeopardizing your your goal of being home with the kids. But you know, uh, if you were in the medical world, for instance, I would tell you to make sure you kept your certifications in place. Let's not let's not burn the bridges, right? Let's just let's just take a five year sabbatical and then figure out where we're going back. If you want to go back, that's right. Leave that's yourself right. that opportunity. Yep. Not saying you have to, but obviously you've got a tremendous capacity to earn. Um, and Diana, and so, I'll applaud you in that because I do think you know that. Um, and again, everyone's story is different. Everyone's passions are different. Everything, but I do think when you when you're at that level of income, the courage. To say I'm gonna turn it off. I'm gonna turn it off. And That's what I'm, I said. Gulp. Yeah, yeah, and I'm gonna and I'm gonna be home. Um, that is that's I just applaud you in that. Not many people, Diana, well, that's being would do that. Really comfortable in your own skin yes. and in your own value system. That's and very, to very say powerful. I'm even gonna pull back my lifestyle because pe- some people won't do that. They won't sacrifice their lifestyle for an income that they're making. But the amount of peace that you will have if you follow that gut and this is what you feel like you're wanting to do. There's a piece there that doesn't have a price tag. You're going to do this And with your it. life is going to be so rich in so many other ways. And so I applaud you, Diana. I think that's really courageous. If I you, think it's awesome. If you pay off the house today and you live on 150 for the next two to three years, yep. 
and uh, then you quit your job, you're going to have a huge pile of money, and you will have done zero damage to your financial you're future. You're a bad A, Diana. To be 48 years old, I'm that's, freaking... That's- a, like That's making a million dollars a year. <laughs> so what, what was what was her position? She say high b- president of something yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I think it was high president. Yeah, that's a position. Yeah. You're the high president. This is the Ramsey <laughs> Show. Did you know, statistically, when it comes to life insurance and protecting your family, that women are more likely to be uninsured or underinsured than men? This doesn't make any sense. Women make up half the workforce, contribute mightily to family incomes, and in many cases are the breadwinners and take care of their families 24 hours a day. This is one of the most overlooked areas when it comes to financial planning. Maybe it's a relic of the past, but a loss of income or the need to replace family care is equally important for women as it is for men. Single moms, working moms, and stay-at-home moms all need term life insurance. Rates are actually lower for women, which is why I send you to Xander Insurance. They shop the top term life companies to find the lowest rates available. You can compare rates online at Xander.com or call 800-356-4282. This is something every family has to deal with. That's Xander.com or 800-356-4282. Rachel Cruz, Ramsey Personality, is my co-host today. Thank you for joining us, America. Matthew is with us in Jackson, Tennessee. Hi, Matthew. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Mr. Ramsey. Thank you for taking my call. Sure. What's up? Hey, Mr. Ramsey. I have a 16-year-old daughter that's just entered the workforce, and I want to make sure I'm giving her the proper financial advice that I was not given growing up. Okay. Uh, And she's 16? Yep, she's 16. That's great. What is she doing? Uh, she's a hostess for a restaurant, making about $11 an hour. Good for her. That's awesome. Uh, and is she doing this to pay for expenses or car insurance? Is there like a big goal for her that she's working for um, or just to have some spare money? Uh, I wanted. She wanted to do something to get out of the house. And, I said, and she also wanted a car. And I said, well, you're going to have to pay car insurance. So you're going to need a job. And she got the job. She's paying her car insurance and she's starting the, we're starting the baby steps. Uh, and she's got about, and she's on baby step three. And she's got about, she had 2000, had an emergency come up and she paid for her own money, her car repairs. Wow. So, yeah. I'm very proud of her. She, yeah. She's ahead of me on the baby steps. So <laughs> very proud of her. That's impressive. What is, what's her plan after high school? Uh, we are, we've been talking about that. She's still unsure on what she wants to do for the rest of her life. I said, yeah. that's fine, but we need to have some kind of plan to get general education going. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. Well, I think, you know, Matthew, one of the things about teaching anybody about money is kind of even going just down to the basics that there are three things that you can do with money. You can give it, you can save it and you can spend it. And we need to be doing all three all the time. And especially with with children in the home, teaching those three basics uh, is really helpful because that's just going to magnify as she gets older and has a career and earns money and starts a family, you know, and, and life continues on that she needs to know how and what to be generous with and what that looks like, what that feels like 
how to delay gratification and have savings and knowing to put some savings away, which she has done a really great job at already, and then to spend some and enjoy it and learn some mistakes in that area, right? Buying things that you realize, man, I shouldn't have bought that. But but learning all of that, uh, those three basic principles is a great place to start. And so that's one place I would just encourage you. And then, you know, even setting her up with a really simple budget, there won't be many line items, but for her to be practicing when that che- paycheck comes in, put some specifics around it on what where it's going to go and what it's going to do and give it a name. Uh, so again, it's kind of just taking what we talk about here on this show and I'd say minimizing it some because it's not going to be the dollar amounts, you know, of a, of a full-time job. Uh, but still those money habits, putting those in place early is, is huge and they don't have to be complicated, but it's simple things like that. She can start building the wise spending muscle, the generosity muscle and the saving investing muscle, even though the amounts aren't going to be large, they don't need to be. It's the, uh, it's putting that groove in her brain. You know, we're starting to say, this is how life works. And so my job as your dad is to make sure that you develop these muscles. So when you, uh, get the opportunity later to handle a lot more money, you're going to automatically go to wise spending, good generosity and good investing and saving. And you're always going to be thinking that way, debt avoidance. Uh, the only other thing I would add to all this from a practical standpoint is I'd go down and make sure there's a checking account opened in her name with your name on it, uh, where you have visibility and you look at it with her once a month and teach her how to reconcile that and how to keep a checking account properly operating. We did that with all three of ours and we did the, the save, give, spend thing with all three of ours. And when they went to college, they had a set amount per month that was their budget, and they were used to living on what they had, and they were used to managing their own checking account. I did not have drama with all three kids through four years of college each. None of them called with financial crises in the middle of college because they had the muscles built to carry these different things. And Rachel and I talk about that in the book, Smart Money, Smart Kids. Uh, It was Rachel's first number one bestseller. We did it together when she first joined us here at Ramsey after college. And it was her being the daughter part, me being the old man, daddy part. And, um, but it's teaching kids how to handle money and it's covered in there on an age appropriate basis. And, you know, you're doing a really good dad thing here, Matthew, way to go. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And Austin will pick up Matthew. We'll give you a copy of that book, Smart Money, Smart Kids, uh, because it, it is a great resource. But I think what you're doing right now, honestly, is great. And then she's going to have natural questions like we did as kids of questions about taxes later down, you know, down the road and yeah. investments and all of that. Yeah, but like after you get your first paycheck and you realize they keep a lot of it, <laughs> you learn to vote different. Oh, my gosh. It's just good for you, you know. You start forming politics, know right? What happens with well, that paycheck? Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. I don't like socialism. I don't like it when I'm the one that's earning. You figure that out real quick. You don't have to be eighty to figure that out. You sixteen years. You get right that. there. I do remember making a um, PowerPoint presentation asking for more money every month because I was driving home, and I remember being like, "I have no. I mean, there's like no gas. I mean, I don't really have." much and i think i needed like an extra 50 bucks a month or something and i did a whole presentation was that in college or high school that was college really because when i came home and i was like i need there's a powerpoint presentation in college yeah we did powerpoint in college yeah i know but i just don't remember this i 
Yep. It doesn't. Uh, if anyone, well, if glad. any one of the three worked. would have done it, it would have been you. Because it yeah. worked. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah. Did it work? Did we give you more money? Yes, you did. Okay. <laughs> and I was like, he is generous. You made the sale. You made the sale. <laughs> he is generous. It's a marketing presentation. Yeah. Look at him there. Yeah, we raised that whole, raised it 50 bucks a month, and there we went. Your life was so changed. It, yeah. it, that is for a college student. <laughs> yeah. Changes it, a lot. It, it was back when you went to college. Back when I was there. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Uh, Zach's in Houston. Hey, Zach. Welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hey, Dave. Thanks for taking my call. Quick sure. question about investing. Okay. Um, with interest rates being the way that they are, are CDs a wise investment option for right now, no. even for short term? Well, for short term, but the, and short term is not an investment. Short term savings. Okay. Investing is long term, and you've got to okay. outpace inflation and taxes long term. You got to be mm-hmm. north of ten most of your life investing, and CDs aren't north of ten. Right. Even with a uh, like a nine month. Uh, CD for why do you, I mean, what do you, what, what is this money for? Uh, just general money that's set aside. Uh, my, my brother's been whispering in my ear, man, CDs, man, they're, they're, they're going up. They're the way to go. And, and way I've to go for what? For, uh, uh, to get rich on investing to get rich. I think just for short term is what he's looking at. Not long term. Well, yeah. I mean, I mean it, the interest rates on CDs, they're high not short term and, unless you have a short term goal for them. Right. So what are you going to use the money for six months a year when the CD cashes out? For, uh, for my brother's intentions, I have no clue. No, you. For, for mine, it's just, for me, it's just, just uh, another way to, to bring in money, just uh, another way to get some kind of return. Okay, it sucks so, for that. Okay. We call them certificates of depreciation because they don't even keep up with inflation. If inflation's right. running 9.6 and your CD's paying 6 or 7, you're losing money. You get that, right? Yes, sir. Totally understand. So next time time he whispers in your ear, tell him to get a girlfriend. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay. But I would say CDs, high yields, money markets, all of that are, it it, it is wonderful when you have money in it for short-term savings because. It is short-term. Yes, that's what I'm saying. It's like for an emergency. You want an emergency fund? I know, but I'm saying if he's excited about the interest rates today with those accounts, yeah, it is exciting. Versus what it was five years, you know, four years ago, three years ago. It's not exciting. It's well, it is when better. I have short-term savings, and I'm like, dang, it's, it's still that's... Not, you're not making any money. Yeah, I mean, but it's better than one or two percent. It than is what it better, was. but I mean, you know, that's why he's probably excited. But for short-term but it's savings, not, it doesn't. It's not a way to build wealth. No, no, no. It's, it's a not. way to park but money more. I'm wisely. excited about the interest rates yeah, today park, park than it money, was there. Yeah, park money more wisely, but park it. Yes. For a short term. Like yes. if you're going to buy yes. a house in September and you want to park it yes. until September, fine. Yeah. That'll work. Well, here's a fact about Ramsey Solutions that I'm super proud of. We have never laid anyone off. Wow. We fired people. For not doing their work, but we've never laid anybody off doing to not due to not being able to pay our bills. For the past thirty years, we've been doing what we preach. We run a cash-based business. We budget for everything, including having enough cash to pay the people that we hired. What a novel concept! And so far, we've been able to manage that. Um, so we don't cut you loose because of our poor planning. 
when the quarantine happened and we lost entire segments of revenue, uh, everyone stayed. Everyone got paid. We had the cash and we made the survival move to keep all of our talented people. So while other people are firing, we're hiring. And we've got open roles in our marketing, our sales, our technology teams, and we go home at 530. If you are a coder, we don't work you 80 hours a week. You write code. If you're a marketer, we don't work you 80 hours a week. We go home. Now, there's exceptions when we're in the middle of working on some project or something, but 90% of the time, I walk through the building. If somebody's still here at 6 o'clock, I tell them to go home. And we're not just a radio show. There's 1,100 of us here at Ramsey Solutions. So if you want to check out the positions, the marketing, sales, technology, programming, check out the open roles at RamseySolutions.com slash careers. We'd love to have you on the team. It's a great place to work. People actually care here about each other, about the customer, and about getting our work done. It's really good. Oh, but, but you need to know, we work from work. We're at work, at the building, in the building. We work from work. So that's how that's going to work. So RamseySolutions.com slash careers. Check it out. We'd love to have you on the team. Ryan's with us in Minneapolis. Hey, Ryan, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Hi, thanks for taking my call, Dave and Rachel. How are you all doing? Better than we deserve. What's up, sir? All right. So we, my wife and I are currently working the death snowball. We've paid off our credit cards and student loans, and we currently have uh, AC unit we had to replace in two cars. Um, and my wife, being a math teacher, wants to attack the uh, cars with the interest rate versus the uh, cars without interest rate. Um, and just kind of the numbers, we owe AC about $6,000 with 3.75% interest. One car is 11,000, 0% interest. And the other car is 30,000 with 3.5% interest. And she thinks mathematically it makes sense to hit that uh, 30,000 first and then work our way down. Um, and she doesn't understand the uh, kind of attacking the smaller working their way up and and all that. So I just kind of want your advice on kind of the, you know, relationship wise attack in the snowball and um, just not convincing, but just further ammunition. Well, earlier, Ryan, what were the, the other debts you said you guys paid off credit cards and student loans. How much were those? Yeah. Student loans. Um, I was dealing with student loans, about 30,000 credit card was about uh, 8,000. What's okay. your household income? Hundred and seventy five thousand about to be ninety in fall. So okay. we're about to get more money and I want to make sure we're attacking this smart. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I think you need to we need to pan back from uh the discussion of the debt snowball for a second and establish some different principles. Because when I first started doing this thirty years ago, I went at it the way your wife does. And most people in the financial world I try to fix all of our personal finance stuff with a math solution. The problem is math did not get us into this mess because if you were doing math, you wouldn't have all this freaking debt, Mm -hmm. right? It's not a math problem. It's a behavior problem. You've been buying crap you can't afford with money you don't have to impress people you don't even really like. I mean, it's a behavior problem. And so you don't attack a behavior problem with a math solution. Uh, she's technically correct on the math part, but she's wrong 
on how to do this. And the reason she's wrong is you need to fix a behavior problem with a behavior-based solution. Does that make sense? Right. Yes, sir. And so in psychology, they call it quick feedback loops. And a quick feedback loop is I need some small successes to build my confidence and hope so that I increase my momentum and my energy and my uh, commitment to a process. And so, in other words, when you start first losing weight, if you gain five pounds, you're not going to stick with it. But if you first start losing weight and the first three weeks you're on the plan of, uh, you know, eating um, whatever, I don't know carrot juice or whatever it is you're going to do and you uh whatever your plan is whatever the fad this week is on losing weight you're going to eat less you're going to exercise more and you've got this new way of doing things and you're intentional about your intake and intentional about your exercise level uh for the first time in maybe a few years and you lose four pounds that that's encouraging do you know what i'm saying yep and you'll stay with it and so that is a feedback loop you're, you you did the work and you got positive feedback and and the, the more you can do that the closer you can keep those loops together the higher the probability of a habit being changed permanently is and a way of doing things being changed permanently is because this is a behave a series of behaviors that have to change and then the math changes not the other way around so all of that to say, you pay off your smallest interest rate first. I mean, you pay off your smallest <laughs> debt first because you get the success. God, I just blew that. Whole thing. That's hilarious. And let me say this, Ryan. Pan, I, pan back. I know what you mean, yep. And also, let me say this. Don't You guys, as a couple, are on the same page of getting out of debt. So if you both have agreed, we've been so stupid. We have bought cars we can't afford. We've had credit card debt. We went student loan debt. Like, we are done with this life of debt, right? And as a family, as a couple, you agree on that. And then the next step is, okay, how are we going to do it? But the major there is already resolved. Like you guys are on the same, like you you guys are working towards the goal, right? Like we want we want people to be free from yeah, debt. You're, you're a lot closer to winning yes. than if she said, I want to stay in debt. That's right. And we talk to a lot of people. We have this show that that's where they're at, right? So I see that. I'm like, whoo, that's a big hurdle. Yeah, you got So Ryan, there's a part ahead. of me too that I'm like, listen, pay off that, that 6,000 with the 3.75%. That makes her happy. And then the car, there's a little bit of me too that I'm like, listen, pay, you're both going to pay them off. It's smarter to pay off the 11,000 with the argument that Dave just said, and it's exactly right. But at the end of the day, too, you know, like you guys are on the same team. So get out of debt. Right. So there's a part of me too. don't don't like be in this massive fight day in and day out of how you're going to do the goal. Massive fight. It needs to be a change of how you're addressing it, though. Yeah. But if you both say that way you look at it has to change, because if you look at it through a math lens, you're always going to lose. It's not a math problem. It's not. But when they both say, hey, as a family, we're not doing this again, like they agree on that. That's a first step. That's a first step. Yes. But it's not the last step. The last step is, Brian, here's what you have to do. I mean, the two of you, it's her and you both. Me too, by the way. Okay. So it's like I I hired a personal trainer to the, I've got this gym in my house and he comes over and he's got a six pack and I got a keg. All right. And he, he uh-huh. says, okay, you need to eat these three things in this order. And I go, well, you know, I don't think I'm, I think I'm going to eat them in a different order. Well, well, why would I? That's dumb. You know, that just doesn't make sense. 
I, he's he's got a proven process. Right, I know. I need to do what the duber said to do. I hired him to do it. It's and you hired me to teach you how to do this. No, they didn't hire you. I know they did too. <laughs> they gave me their time, right. and so um, listening on the show. And who knows? I'm about to give him a book, and then he's going to go to financial peace. <laughs> so he hired me. But the uh, <laughs> but Brian, the, y'all are doing the, great. The, Attack it. Yeah. Pay off the smallest one. I know, and it's but good. I, guys, it's it's important though. Yes, to I know. Through I know. This, and, and no, I'm not going to acquiesce on this. It's not. It's not okay to look at stuff through the wrong lens that doesn't have the success principle to it. And so, if I look at my, what my trainer says to do, and I go, you know, I'm going to do two thirds of that, and I'm not doing that other thing, then I'm going to get a, 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 a muted level yes. of success. Obviously, this is the Ramsey Show. Scripture of the day, Proverbs four twenty five. Let your eyes look directly forward, and your gaze be straight before you. Stephen Covey said, "Most of us spend too much time on what is urgent, and not enough time on what is important." Hmm. You know, Covey had in his book Principle Centered Leadership. It may have been in Seven Habits of Highly Effective People too. The quadrant of time that you manage, and four different quadrants: urgent and important. Um, phew. Urgent, important, or, or see, urgent, not urgent, important, not important. Important, yeah. Yeah, and we spend too much time on things that are urgent but not important. Let be like answering your email, you know, or making sure you check your Twitter feed. Ugh. The slave of the digital world. <laughs> All right, Robert is in Atlanta. Hey, Robert, welcome to the Ramsey Show. Thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. How can we help? So uh, my wife and I have found ourselves in an unsafe house, we believe, and so we're uh, we're thinking that we're going to have to move um, really ASAP. What's wrong um, with the house? There's some. Well, so we just we didn't really do our research up front. We had a baby um, that was due within a couple of weeks by the time that we uh, we bought it, and so we rushed in to upsize and make room for the baby. But the location just kind of is is more unsafe. You know, here. A lot of crime activity going on around us, um, you know, gunshots every now and then. So that's kind of the gist. What was the event that broke the camel's back? What was the latest thing that went, I got to get out of here? Yeah, well, I, I think within the first two weeks, you know, we had our cars broken into. Um, I'm done. I'd, I'd say I'm just, done. Sell you it. Know, one, yeah, there you go. Okay. Sell it. Get out, yeah. get out of Dodge. This is, you're living in Dodge City. They yeah. shoot up and okay. down the street. Right? Right. Yeah. Right. That's it. Get out of Dodge. No pun intended, but yeah, really do it. Yeah. I mean. And it doesn't I, matter how much we sell it for? Well, I mean, you don't have to panic. Uh, I mean, do you have any money? It's important, not urgent. Yeah. Do you have any money? <laughs> Might be urgent. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got about $30,000 uh, liquid. What'd you pay for the house? Checking. We paid three forty-five. Okay, call a uh, Ramsey. Call down. a Ramsey trusted real estate endorsed local provider for real estate. Sit down with them and tell them that you want to sell the home in what is a reasonable period of time, a reasonable price for the house to sell in sixty to one hundred and twenty days. Okay, 
and then decide and, the, and then decide do i want to go ahead and move or or can i make it that long okay understood can and you make rent, it that long or you, do you feel safe enough to stay two or three more months or do you need to go ahead and move now well i we've we've been there for six so you know six I, I two or three more months probably could happen six months right and two cars got broke into okay Right, right. That's that's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, y'all talk was, about it, because hey, listen, if they're shooting up and down the street and they're breaking into my cars and I got a new baby, I'm gonna go rent go rent an apartment and move, and put it up for sale. And when it sells, I'll talk about buying somewhere else. But right now, we may not even buy. Just go get mm-hmm. go get in go get your family safe. Right. You got to get out of the freaking right. war zone. Right. Am I missing okay. something? Yeah. No, the other the other question was just you know is renting an option you know if we were to move you know renting is fine because we need to you know build up some capital for the next down payment and we can take our time be calculated with the next one of course yeah um, yeah but you know if we yeah is, is renting an option for yes. the current one you know to, yeah to start with it's your only option right now if you move out this weekend because you don't feel safe okay so you're gonna be renting a while and that's okay. But if you say we're going to rent for two years, build up cash and slow down, slow our roll and get a better, you know, get a much more diligent, careful process when we buy next time. Sure. Yeah. I'm sorry. I I may not have been clear. I guess the current house, given that the the atmosphere is changing in that area, appreciation could be a thing in the next few years. And so if we could hold on to that. No. no, okay. no. If we have to move because our family is not safe, we're not counting on appreciation. Okay. That's just, you live in Dodge City. No, I mean, the cool people are living there, but the cool people are not scared of the bullets. Okay, that's fine. You got hipsters next to gangsters. I got it. Okay. But that that's one of these gentrification neighborhoods. But this is okay. You can do that. But you told me with the start of the call, you have a new baby, and as a dad, you don't feel safe. So if yep. you don't and feel then, safe, don't invest in the area. Okay. 10-4. Understood. Thank you so much. Get out of Dodge, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that. And also, you know, yeah, if you guys don't feel safe, of course, then move. Like, like your peace of mind is 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 very important in that way. But you know, also, that we is have the, friends that, that live in a part of Nashville, though, that, I mean. There is. There's a lot. And, there's and about, it is. And I can it's, count and, four or five areas on my hand right now. Yeah, and people and live there, away. and they're expensive houses. You know what I'm saying? So, and some and of them are nice t- houses. And it's the to- it's the tolerance level of what feels right to you. So that's why I'm saying, Robert. It is, the, like, it is the difference in a boomer and a millennial. I think so, a little for bit. For sure. Dave's like, get no out of boomers, there. No boomers are going to live next to gangsters. This And call it fun. Millennials think it's funny. I don't well, understand. I think it's These funny. hipsters next saying, to gangsters makes usually, no sense to me. It makes no sense. But it's everywhere. It's I, mean, I get it. I see it happening. And it's the regentrification neighborhoods is the nice way of saying it. But um, and there, you know, it, and he's right. If if it continues and yeah. enough people don't get killed in the process, then. If it continues, and I also think then we it will, live, be, a, it will be a huge investment in Nashville in a suburb of Nashville. Like it's a we are we're in a very, suburb, yeah, we're in a and bubble. I, but I just saying, like we have friends that have moved here from Chicago from other areas, and 
yeah, you hide your per like it's just like there's a different safety measure of how they're used to living life than we are. So like I'm saying your tolerance for all of that is very low, which is not wrong. No, it's but just, I'm also I, I'm, saying I'm to not Robert live next to gangsters. It well, doesn't I don't matter. Know if that's what his case is. You keep saying that. And I'm like, matter. I don't know. I don't well, know. What is? I mean, I when they're know. shooting up and down the dadgum street and you call it fun. I mean, I don't I'm get not this. Not you. Not you, but I'm just saying, saying people do. Some people have a higher tolerance for where they live. And so, yeah. but Robert, that's what I'm saying. It's so individual. And if Robert and his wife aren't are, comfortable are not with comfortable, bullets then, and car being broken into when they have a new baby, you need to that move. makes them normal. Oh my yeah. gosh. It's, that makes them smart. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I hear you. But I'm also, hey, I broadening childhood friends of yours bought house, door kicked in, robbed the whole place in one of those neighborhoods uh, right after you got married. I remember the story, okay? Won't name the name. We're on the radio. But the, uh, yeah, this stuff, it's, it, it, blo- I, it boggles it. a boomer's mind, I'll just tell you. you. I get it intellectually, emotionally. I don't understand. Why not go somewhere else? I don't get it. I don't, well, I, it's half like, it's the like, company lives in some of these places, and there's half great the guys in the booth in there do, probably. I don't know. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just it's it's crazy, and the one, the fun one. Have you seen the uh, Nashville judgmental map? Oh gosh, don't stop. We're moving no, on. It's no, it's fabulous. No, we're moving on. I don't even know. I don't want to know. No, I'm it's nervous. Fabulous. I'm starting to. It's I'm making to get nervous. fun. It's making fun of know. us out here. It makes fun of every neighborhood. Okay. And, and so it's an equal Make opportunity of offender, and it's great. It's like this one's gangs. This one's gangs that kill cats. This one's uh, hipster trust fund babies. Why? This one's Why boomers. This? this is boomers like Ramsey. You know, I mean, it's like it makes fun of everybody. It's oh hilarious. Oh, I think it's funny. I sent it to one of my buddies who bought a house in one I of those neighborhoods. You yeah. So you got to have fun with this, y'all. Got to have fun with it. I, I truly think that that is that is a difference generationally that I have seen that um, that is way different because the the generations prior to mine and then mine were suburbanites. And they came to the suburbs for a safe. They left, yes. Yeah, they or took came, to it. They either left the farm. Yes. They either left the farm or they left the inner city to come to a safe bubble. And then the generations following are going back into those areas mm-hmm. and regentrifying them uh, and living in them. And that's what he's dealing with. That's what he's dealing yeah. with. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very interesting. All right, that's a fun discussion. Rachel Cruz, always a joy. Oh, yes. I'll be back tomorrow. The guys in the just booth, always up. a joy. Get ready. Get ready. Y'all just get the hate mail lined up. We're <laughs> going to burn it for Kenlin. That puts us our The Ramsey Show in the books. We'll be back with you before you know it. In the meantime, remember, there's ultimately only one way to financial peace, and that's to walk daily with the Prince of Peace, Christ Jesus. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you like what you heard in this episode and want to know more about getting started on the Ramsey Baby Steps, go to RamseySolutions.com and click the Get Started button. We'll help you figure out the best next step for you based on your specific situation. That's RamseySolutions.com and click Get Started.